Welcome to a mass podcast. So in today's podcast, we're getting somebody that I absolutely love. I love her and she's coming back and it's not for only one time because she's going to be coming on a monthly basis. This is what I'm going to do. And she did not know that until I say so. so <laughs> guess, it's like the best weird introduction ever. So I need to introduce you. And by the way, I am not cutting anything on this one. Just to let you know, people, what you're hearing is raw. It's what we're doing things here um, as universe. So uh, Christine Spencer is not, is a ghostwriter, but she does a lot of things. Okay, she is an amazing businesswoman. But today we are going to talk about ghostwriting because I'm fascinated by ghostwriting. Uh, in Europe, a lot of um, actually authors are partnering with ghostwriters to write their stories, to write whatever they want to write as novel, uh, historical pieces. But I wanted to know more about it because he's such a great storyteller. Then I cannot help myself, but I had to reinvite, uh, and it's an open invitation forever until you're <laughs> retired. <laughs> Christine. <laughs> so, well, hi, Christine. How are you doing? Hi, Emma. I want to say thank you for having me back on the show. As always, mm-hmm. I love talking to you. And uh, if anyone can benefit from our interesting and laugh <laughs> conversations, then I'm very glad for that. <laughs> Me too. And by the way, by the time we're going to release the podcast, which will be tomorrow. So we're recording. It's Tuesday. Uh, now we're Tuesday. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Tuesday. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Run myself here again. So it's going to be uh, released tomorrow, Wednesday. And so is the, uh, on the YouTube channel, actually, I will be releasing uh, the video as well. So because I want to let you know. What you see, and I asked Christine because her hair is amazing. Seriously, <laughs> the glasses, the hair, the entire person <laughs> is awesome. But um, what you're going to see is her hair is purple. It is not anymore blue. So that's why when I saw her, I'm like, oh, there is something on LinkedIn. I see you, you still have your blue hair. No, she's gorgeous. So check it on the YouTube channel because this is amazing. And she looks amazing. And she's awesome. So thank you. Let's. Let's talk about uh, ghostwriting, because to me, I'm fascinated by the ghostwriters. How do you become one? How do you get inspired? I want to know. How did you get it started? Well, I just actually found out that my university that I went to is now offering a ghostwriting certificate program. And someone's like, do you want to go there? And I'm like, no, I don't need, (laughs) I don't need any more certificates. Like, (laughs) I can teach, I teach people how to be a ghostwriter. I don't need to go back to school for that. No offense to my, you know, my school, Go Beach, because it's Cal State Long Beach. But uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not, if I go back to school, it's going to be for a master's at this point, but I probably won't because I can just pay, you know, $10,000 and get this crazy expert thing in whatever I want, because that's the world we're living in, which is so amazing. Um, but I actually got into ghostwriting accidentally, or maybe I should say begrudgingly because (laughs) I, I was like, I don't ever want to do that. And I'll tell you why 
I had a friend who was also an editor and also a novelist and she was doing fiction ghostwriting. And I remember she was so stressed out about money all the time. And she was constantly fighting with people to get them to pay her. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to do that. But then when I started um, copywriting and I became a content writer and I did all that stuff, people would come to me and they'd be like, would you ever do a whole book? It's a business book. And at first I was like, no, I absolutely will not ever do that. (laughs) And this one guy twisted my arm and his story was really cool. And his business was really cool. And it was all about music. And I was like, oh, I love music. Music has been a huge part of my life. And so he's like, uh, I want you to do this weird hybrid thing. And I was like, actually, I've been testing a weird hybrid thing. And I'm not going to tell you too much, right? Because this is why you have to pay me $50,000. Because I I created my own weird method of doing all these different things at once. And I tested it and the results were insane. And so I was like, I actually already tested something like this. Mm -hmm. So I can do it. No problem. And I showed him the two different books that I had tested and uh, I gave him the feedback I had gotten. He's like, yes, this is it. And he's like, okay, well, I don't know how much to pay you. And, and I was like, okay, well, what you're offering is way too low, but I really like this project. So what about this price? And he's like, okay. And I was like, that's like 50% of what I normally charge. And he's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. it's expensive to hire a uh-huh. ghostwriter. But I was like, plus you're letting me test this new thing. And so uh, that month I got hired by a couple more business owners who wanted me to write books for them. And all of a sudden I had a ghostwriting business and I had to go out and build a team like immediately, like all the money I got went into building a team. So now I have a copy editor. I have a formatter. Um, I'm still looking for a cover designer. So if you know how to design covers and you understand that they're a piece of marketing, they don't just have to look pretty. Come talk to me. You can email me. I'm sure Emma's going to have some kind of way you can get. I already already have, I think I already have somebody, but yes, please connect with me. Yeah, because it's just it. I, so I still do that part myself because I'm a micro manager when it comes to that, because that's the single most powerful piece of marketing you have for your book. It has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, and by perfect, I mean, there's all these requirements as far as what it should do. Not like it has Mm -hmm. to be the most amazing picture. Actually, the most important part of the cover is words. I'm getting super sidetracked. But so I had to build this whole crazy business really Mm -hmm. fast because I was focused on copywriting and I still do that. I still love doing that. Um, But I do get to work on several books a year and it's my favorite thing to do because it's storytelling. Uh, But I realized that one of my superpowers that not a lot of people have professionally is I can copy anyone's voice. I can learn their voice within a few minutes of meeting them and I can like get them to where people don't know it wasn't me who was writing. Which is good because that's that's how a ghostwriter is supposed to be because you're the I ghost. Several book, yeah, I read several books um, from uh, Europe and you would have never believed that uh, that was a ghostwriter, actually. That's what it's amazing. It's like when you're capable to do this and nobody knows. Because if yeah. they know, what's the point? Because people are not going to buy from the author. They're going to say, well, somebody else did it. So no, thank you. Yeah, and it's still authentic. Like people ask me, like, how can you do that ethically? Because 
you know, I'm, I'm really big on ethics person. Like mm-hmm. I love honesty, transparency, integrity. Those are all huge for me. And I'm like, honestly, they're not my stories anyway. Like I would never yeah. write this way for myself. So I have no problem with that. No, and I don't think it's uh, at the level of ethic at all. Well, except when we're going to do our books here with me, that series we have talked about. So people will be prepared that when that's coming, it's coming. But your mm-hmm. name will be in on the cover as well. But for me, if the ideas, if what you're developing is coming from somebody, then for me, there is no ethics issue at that point. You did not stole it. You developed it and the person uh, pay you for the service. Right. And, uh, you know, but that's there, you know, it's at the person level to decide if they want to let know. For me, I will have no issue with that. I, say, I don't care. Christine is on the book. <laughs> yeah. I officially will say to people, I said, don't even ask me to write because this is not happening. I do blogs, but that's a different story. I write a book. Now I will hire you to do that. And so that to me is, it will be on the cover. But some people don't. But to have the gift, like you said, to have the gift to be in, transfer yourself into that person's shoes and really become that person and write it is a true gift. It's not giving to a lot of people at all. Or you have to develop it to the level that you have to be good. So you you said, okay, so you did unwillingly <laughs> to go into <laughs> enter that world. But don't you think now it's fascinating because you write so you have written so many things different that to me is the brain. I will go and explore for more things because that's amazing. That's a great way to explore and expand. Yeah. And it's really fun for me. And one of the things that um people will say all the time is that if you're an introvert, you can't really be a good business person. And I hate that because first of all, it's not true. But second of all, because I'm introverted, I'm more sensitive to other people's emotions. And that's one of the things that helps me catch that voice. That's what we say is like you catch the author's voice because I can understand how they're feeling. I'm more centered on empathy. I pick up on nonverbal cues and that's all because I'm introverted. If I was extroverted, I probably wouldn't pick up on those same things. So, you know, it doesn't matter what personality type you have you can still be an amazing business person you just have to figure out what is the thing that I'm really good at that people will pay a lot for right and I agree with you because if you were extroverted then you will not pay attention to all of the details because it's all about you it's all about making your voice when introverted no you become the observer you observe everything this is what I love yeah, that's how good you are because you're introverted. Extroverted would miss every single thing or most of it, so it will not <clears throat> reflect completely what the person wants to uh, share or do the, the storytelling. Which, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating you're doing this, and the fact that you stumble into it and you got sucked in like a vacuum, like <laughs> instead of one time, here we go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's amazing. I think once I figured out like, oh, if I'm a fiction ghostwriter, I won't make a lot of money. And I had people like making me offers all the time. They're like, write this romance novel, write this historical, you know, uh, like not historical fiction series and all this stuff. And I was just like, 
okay, but I cannot do it for that price. And then Mm -hmm. when I moved into business nonfiction, which is my specialty, the price finally was at a place where I was like, okay, I would write a whole book for someone and let them keep it and put their name on it for this price. And plus it's helping people. Whereas I'm not Mm -hmm. saying romance books don't help people. I'm just saying the, the money is not there as often for the ghostwriter because if you have a fictional brand, it's very different than if you have your own business brand because business people are making money from the thing they do really well. And the book is like an extra bonus they can use to get on stage, to get on local TV. And like, let's say they're a speaker to, to pre-sell a hundred books at the venue where they're speaking. Exactly. So yeah. they see the dollar signs in that project. Whereas if someone's writing fiction or they want you to write fiction for them, just because they think it's fun and they don't understand how to operate a business, they're going to have a hard time paying you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what, yeah, you want the customer that pays, not the one who don't have a tool or cannot pay because basically you don't work for free. We pay the bills right. like everybody else is. You need to pay the bills. No yeah, and now I have to pay my team, right? When I get a job, it's not just me. I have a team of three people who work with me. And they have to get paid too. And they're depending Mm -hmm. on, like when I sign a deal, they're depending on me to pay them for their work. So that kind of ups the pressure, but in a good way, it motivates me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love the, uh, uh, what you're talking about. That's fantastic. It's extremely, extremely phenomenal to, uh, to see that in, um, I don't know. It's fascinating to me, uh, ghostwriting. I don't know. It's like, how can you, uh, I cannot ask for the, the recipe. That's not what I'm asking is how can you relate and really become that, that person and start to write? What is the, the, the trigger for you? How do you approach that? Do you have a conversation with the person prior to that to know them? Or uh, how do you, again, we're not giving him the recipe. So the the recipe, the secret recipe is never going to happen here, guys. But it's just the idea of how do you relate and connect with the person to be able to do that? Because, again, it's there is some magic behind the scene and it's fascinating. Yeah, I think so. The the way that I approach it is I don't approach any author and I call them the author from the beginning. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I want it in their head that they're writing the book because they'll be much more invested than if I'm like, I'm the author, you just pay me money. Right. That's not motivating for them. So I approach every author that I'm working with, expecting them to be different than anyone I've worked with before. And the first thing that I need to know is what is their learning style? What style of communication best works for them? Because if I tell someone, hey, record these uh, blurbs for me and I'm going to turn them into a story and they don't like communicating like vocally, it's not going to work. But if I tell someone who's not into writing, hey, write out these things for me and I'll turn them into a story, they're going to freeze and we will not be able to work together. So one of the things that I've had to learn is I need to approach everyone individually. And I think for me, the best way of learning that was being a mom because I have three kids and their personalities are insanely different, like shockingly different. (laughs) And so my husband and I have to parent each one of them differently. And I realized pretty quickly, I was like, this is how I have to treat my ghostwriting clients 
if I'm going to get the best stories out of them. So mm-hmm. there are ghostwriters who they're like, this is my process. If you don't want to do it this way, too bad. And they're not going to get the best stories out of their authors that way because there's no intimacy, there's no trust, and there's no consideration for the way that their individual personalities and brains work. I agree. And it's fascinating because some of the ghostwriters, and I'm again referencing with Europe, uh, stay with the author for a very long time. So they are very well known um, when they're doing this and uh, basically work with maybe one or two clients, but you work with a diversified and a broader range of authors, which is amazing. That's what to me, I'm so fascinated. I'm like, I'm going to dissect you one way or the other, my (laughs) friend, (laughs) because it's like, it's like, no, but it's amazing because not everybody can work with everybody as an author, but you have a way to adapt and to connect with every single one of them, which is like, holy moly. Well, and for me, it keeps things interesting, right? Like I've heard so many people and they'll tell me you need to like further niche down, like business owners who want to change the world isn't enough of a small niche. And of course I'm like, also, they probably need a million dollars per year in revenue because my price is $50,000, right? So I know those numbers, but the truth is it's exciting for me to work with someone who has, they're doing something I've never tried to do because if. I can make myself understand what they're doing. I can make anyone who picks up their book understand what they can do. Absolutely. That's that's so fascinating to me. My, my book, quote unquote, is fascinating because to be able to do that, as I said, you have to have a gift. It's, it's absolutely great um, to see that. And um, the fact that you can translate in the author actually can really sell their book and the public can really read those words, even though you're the one who did, but he's the one who's basically the face of the book um, and the story is fascinating because a lot of people don't realize how many ghostwriters there is and how many people really write their books. Yeah. And I mean, listen, like it's an ultra specialized (laughs) thing to be able to sit down and write a business nonfiction book. Honestly, Mm -hmm. like it's not every genre has its own way of approaching things. So I would never expect a business owner to sit down and write their own book. And I know there are so many programs out there that are like, just do this, this, and this, and your book will be magic. And I don't treat people that way because you know, if they haven't written a book before, it's honestly going to be a mess, which is fine because you can always edit a mess. Right. And I have a copy editor on staff who Mm -hmm. can shape the book into what you want it to be. And I still developmental edit business books, which means I go in, I tear it apart to build it back up. Right. And I leave a lot of notes and I ask a lot of questions, but if you have nothing, you can't edit it. And on the other end, if you are making more than $300 an hour in your job, it's a waste of your time to write your own book. You should hire a ghostwriter because oh, you're, you can't get that time back. One. Yeah, I'm hiring one. Why do I waste my time to do this? I have somebody who's good. That would be you. So <laughs> people are hired Christian because I'm telling you, she's awesome. She knows what she's talking about. But also as an author or somebody who's busy, exactly. If you don't have the time to write it up because it takes time to do that, then hire somebody. 
I don't think I know 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was a secret of what we call it, the secret of polychinelles. Nobody wanted to say because, oh my God, if you said a word, ghost writer, you're a fake. But a lot of people don't have the time to do that. So that's why they hire people to be able to focus on that because they were doing something else. And, and it's, but it's fascinating to see how you can extract all of the essence of the ideas they have and make it happen to, to you know, create that book, create that content. Because to me, that's the magic. Again, we're not giving the recipe for the secret recipe, just letting you know, guys, and I will not go in that direction. But I'm just asking, um, you know, it's to me, it's amazing. It's a work of arts because the words are so powerful. They can, you know, from a great book to an awful book, words can destroy or elevate a book or even a blog or anything. So for me, it has to be an art in how to, to dance with the words. And I suck at right. it, people. I wouldn't say you suck at it. I feel like that's like too harsh. Like you're still, you're still good at writing. But would you want to sit down and write for 150 hours? That's the question. No, I would never do that. That would be way too uh, ambitious. And for me, uh, no, thank you. I pass. Because well, I know and- I don't have that. And I don't want to spend my time to go back and learn how to write and become a writer. Uh, exactly. You know, an author. No, thank yeah. you. And You're that's available. 100- and that's what matters hours, to me. <laughs> yeah, like 150 hours is conservative too. I can write an entire book in 150 hours and it's very polished and it needs very little editing. But most people would probably spend three to 500 hours writing a book. And that doesn't sound like when you say that number, it's it doesn't feel that big, but when you're doing it, it's massive. It's it's a huge chunk of your life. It's not only this, but it's taking, it's, I believe, you know, I like to write my blogs, but it has to be a work of love and the concentration and being ready to do it. It's very, it's more challenging, I believe. If you think about, I'm going to write a chapter for a book, okay, well, how are you going to start it? What's going to be the first words? Where is the direction of it? It's like, oh boy, oh boy, we got a problem here, universe. It's not <laughs> happening or I need to channel anywhere or somebody else is to come back and help me. But I believe that a lot of people want to write a book, but they come to a, a point where they have all of their thoughts, but how do you put them together properly so it makes sense? Because when you're writing a book and you jump left and right and people are saying, what in the world is this book that doesn't make any sense? You need to be able to have a thread. You need to be able to keep the readers entertained. And you know what I mean? It's, it's like, a lot. Yeah. And yeah. like, I would say, so I do have a suggestion. If you want to write your own book, you can. And I wrote a book with my co-author Maria Mutokalaki called Write the Perfect Read, the self-help edition. Okay. And this is half of the magic formula. So you can write All a really right. good book with this. You won't get the second half of the magic that you get if I write your book for you. But it asks, it teaches you exactly. And it has like worksheets that teach you what to have in each story and how to get your reader quick wins. And basically the last 15 years of my life condensed into a book because I know some people just want to do it themselves and that's fine. And I want them to, but I don't want them to waste time asking the question, how should my chapter start? 
What do I need to have at the yes. end of each chapter? What should yes. I put in the first chapter of the book? Like, and yeah. honestly, I use a formula every time. And if I'm going to work with someone, like if I send them the first chapter and it comes back all red, I quit. I'll give them their money back. I'm like, no, because you're making changes and you don't even know what's behind what I wrote. I've spent Mm -hmm. years figuring this out. And if you want to write your own book, fine, but I'm not going to let you change it so that you're going to fail. And then you blame me because that's what happens. If you don't do certain things in a certain order within the first few pages of your book, no one's going to read it. And that sounds so dramatic, but that's just the way it is. No, that's real. It's, when I I'm go into the bookstore, I yeah. read the first page. And if the first yeah. page isn't good, I don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. It's like going through a website or doing something. You look at it the first 15 seconds. If it's not that good, forget it. I'm putting it back on the shelf. I don't care. Unless I know the author and I will pick it up because I know the author. But other than that, no, if you, excuse me, if you want a new book, you really have to be cautious about it. And people don't know that. Yeah. And they're like, well, let me tell this story first, or let me use these words. And I'm like, oh no, like it's simple, always converts better. And that's something that we can steal from the world of marketing and apply to books. If you use jargon, which is like one of my big no-nos, I'm like on my list of top 10 things you should never do, that's like number six on the list. Use simple language. And when people are writing their business books, they tend to want to sound perfect. Use crazy industry-specific language that no one will understand. And they want to make themselves look like this untouchable God. And I'm like, you won't get clients that way. You just won't. And it's not realistic. No one is perfect. No, but you have to make it for the masses to read it. It's not, if it's a technical book, then it's specific to people who are in that field. Okay, they know what they're talking. So that's a book like for school or trade school or whatever. Fine. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But if it's to reach the masses, simple languages, because Everybody's not going to pick up a dictionary and figure out what is this word? What is this? It's going to lose the substance and the context of it. It's going to lose everything. So I agree. And a lot of people don't think about that, which is amazing. Well, and that's something that is not easy to do, right? It's not easy to take something that's like complicated and make it into a simple idea that everyone can understand. And so the way I explain it is the same as you explained it earlier. I'm like, I am like a translator or an interpreter, right? Translation is writing, interpretation is speaking. And I take the complicated ideas you have that other people can't understand. I ask you questions so that I can break them down into their simple parts so that people can actually learn from you because otherwise they won't learn anything and they won't trust you as the person who can do this amazing thing in their life. But also what it could help, because when you started it, you had um, no ghostwriting experience. So people never ask you to give them samples of what you're do- doing, because now it's easy. It's like, well, this is, you know, somebody, somebody asked you, say, well, what kind of book have you wrote? Uh, have you, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, have you uh, done uh, and created? And people, you can reference them to, um, to the author. Well, I can't actually, because I, most of my authors don't want anyone to know that I wrote their book. 
There's not one person. There's not one so far. I will be the one. (laughs) Okay. But I tell them, I'm like, go read one of my books because I have a lot of books. Uh, Yeah, I think I have like 15 books out right now or something Mm -hmm. like that. I've written 25, more than 25 at this point. So I tell them, I'm like, go look at my book, see if it's accessible to you, someone who's not a writer. And if it is, that shows you that I can take what you teach people and make it accessible to people who are not in your field. I did not realize, excuse me. Your clientele didn't want them to be disclosed. So that's too bad because I will. So we'll have a series coming out and people can look at it and just say, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, but but I mean, I'm confident. That's the thing, right? Even if you, because everyone's like, oh, ghostwriters, that's so hard. If people make you sign NDAs, you can't get clients. I'm like, are you sure you can get them results? Because if you're sure you can get clients, if you can communicate to them, that you can take their idea and turn it into something amazing, you can still get clients even without showing them samples of the the ghostwriting you've done. I still show them writing samples. And of course, the, if whatever platform they look at, I'm there. I'm on YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, you know, Instagram. And mm-hmm. they can see me all over it because I'm just myself everywhere. And mm-hmm. being myself means I write a lot of great content because that's my power that's my superpower exactly that's what that's what you do so it doesn't you know people say oh she's cocky no she's not that's what she does so there's nothing cocky about it it's well that's and what there you are, do that's your passions otherwise there are plenty don't. of things i'm horrible at <clears throat> and i hire other people okay. to do those things like i'm the worst with math i'm dyslexic with numbers so when i'm doing my books i i will just like switch one number and I have no idea I did it and everything is wrecked. I can't balance it. So, you know, I have my sister-in-law who has a degree in mathematics and she does it for me. I hire her to do it because I know I can't be strong at everything. So when I say I know what I'm doing when I'm writing, it's because I've proven it, but I'm happy to admit that I fail at a lot of other things and I need help from other professionals who have the superpower that I don't. Exactly. You know your superpower, you know your weaknesses, which is good because you need to know. Even if we relate to any businesses or anything we do in life, we have some very strong um, capabilities and skill sets and some they are weaker and we don't have the time to develop them. So we relate on others. We might maybe one day when we have time to, you know, uh, go back, pick them up and figure out how to do things. But in the field where you are, focus on the words, focus on everything else and have somebody else's do what you don't have the time to do. Otherwise, you know, it's easier to also to have, I believe, uh, another person perspective to look at things closely to make sure that it's correct. And it's not only in your business, it's everywhere. But I love the fact that, um, you know, you wrote about you wrote 25 books, uh, 15 people can reach out, figure, figure it out, but you meet the author prior to that. You do have a meeting with them. So you have a sense as well, I'm assuming, that um, to discover if you're going to be able to work with that person or not, did you, when you, yes. inter- when you interview them, when you talk to them, when you meet them, uh, is your process include for your own self? Uh, at the end, uh, the feeling of, okay, I'm going to connect with that person. We're going to be doing this. That's going to be great. Or 
huh, not so sure on this one. <laughs> yeah. So I would say I know right away, like uh, within 15 minutes of speaking with someone, I know whether or not I'm going to refer them to someone else, which is mm -hmm. why I get the information right. So I can make the referral because I want them nice. to think of me as someone who helped them, even if I know our personalities don't fit. Um, so I will do that, but I definitely am interviewing them while they're interviewing me because I don't have to work with everyone who wants to work with me, which is where you get when your business is developed. You don't mm -hmm. have to take every job. And in my books, I have plenty of horror stories when I worked for just really mean people who wanted to take advantage of me. And I use them as learning moments so that other business owners or whoever's reading feels permission to say, I'm not going to work with mean clients anymore. I'm not going to work with people who don't have the same values as I do. And I agree because that's what I'm doing as well. I think that that's the advantage to be um, a business owner is to pick. And yes. it doesn't matter if we're looking at our banking accounts getting dry. I would rather work with somebody that is worth to work with I'm meant supposed to than somebody who's really make me waste my time. And as you said, being mean, uh, not doing the right thing, not being connecting with people. Because again, not every client, not every prospect come in will be working with us at the end of the day. So I love the fact that you're picking and choosing who you're going to work best with because at the end of the day, it's your work that people are purchasing. Well, and I spend a lot of time with this other person mm -hmm. and I have to learn, I don't need to learn every detail about them, but like, I need to know what happened in their childhood. I need to know when they met their spouse. If they went through a divorce, we're going to mine that for stories if they're comfortable with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I get to know them so well. And I've had people tell me, I feel like you know me better than anyone else. And I'm like, because I interviewed you until I did. So I could write as you, that's my job. But if it's someone who I don't like to be around, that would be like torturing myself for months because these projects take time. And even after I'm done writing, I'm still helping them. Like I'll still write the pod pitch for them for, to go on podcasts and speak about their book. And they end up hiring me to do all sorts of other things for them. I rewrite their messaging for their businesses, you know, because it's easy. I know their story. And if I, I have done books where at the end of the book, I fire the client. I'm like, here's your book. And I know, I know they're going to change it too much and it's not going to yeah. sell. And that's what happens yeah. every time. But now I'm more careful. And the thing that I've learned to do is I do not interview assistants anymore. I interview the person because I don't care how busy they are. If they can't hop on a call with me they're during the committed. interview process, it's not worth it. No, and they're not committed. If you are committed, you sit down and interview. It doesn't matter your assistant or whomever you're going to send, your brother, your sister, your mother, your uncle. It doesn't matter. If you're committed, you show up. If you don't show up to me, it shows disrespect and no commitment. Why would you waste your time? Even for $50,000, I will not waste my time. It's like, no, no, uh, we're passing. No, it's not because you want it. the person. Yeah, you want the person at the end of the day. So if they are too busy, then reshuffle your, your schedule, make yourself available because the question I have is if they're not available right now, what are they going to tell you down the road? They're going to be available. They have exactly. to make themselves available. And I need the time from them. And I'm very transparent about that. I'm like, okay, the first few weeks, you're going to be giving me 15 hours a week. And they'll look at me. I'm like, if you want a good book, that's what it takes. 
Yep. That's what we have to do mm -hmm. because I have to know all your stories that are going in this mm -hmm. book, which means I need to talk to you or I need to read things you've written and ask follow-up questions. Like it's mm -hmm. never going to be a conversation where you just sit there and tell me something. I will ask you a million questions and that's yep. what I learned to do as a developmental editor. Mm -hmm. And it has served me really well in ghostwriting, but I yeah. just... It, it's not worth the money to me anymore, especially because I can tell right away when someone's going to make an, uh, an insane amount of changes, an amount of changes that to me is a slap in the face. And I don't get offended very easily, but if they don't trust me, there's no point in working together on a project that's so intimate. I agree with you because if there's no trust, why would you go behind somebody else's back and have it redone? At this point, go directly to somebody else's than you or somebody, you know, a ghost writer. For me, if you're committed, you're committed from the moment you sit down and start that connection, those meetings, those interviews, and go from point A to Z at the end. And if the person is not sure at the end of the day, well, I will be the person that will take that book before it gets published and have a few people around to read it and give the feedback. Because, you know, in doubt, just check it out and see what people react before you decide to spend more money or waste money for a failure. Well, and this is like one of the things that's really rough for me is when they're mm -hmm. like, I want to have my whole team read it and give you notes. I'm like, no, pass. What? That's supposed because, to be a person. <laughs> like I'm the professional at this. Your team is not a professional ghostwriter. Like, and, and guess what? I'm a certified copy editor. So please don't try to tell me that that word doesn't have a dash in it when we already agreed this is the dictionary we're using. And I already looked it up to make sure that it was correct before I sent it back to you. But it's just, there's this huge learning curve for authors and for people who are just like, take the money. I see your qualifications and I trust you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. That's great. But if they're like, well, we want to do this. It's like, have you seen that board, Emma? You know, the one where it's like, uh, I'll design your website, $500. I'll, de I'll design your website and you get to give me comments, $1,000. Mm -hmm. I'll design your website and you get to choose the layout and all this, $15,000. It's like, you design your website and tell me what to do, like a million, right? <laughs> Exactly. And, and and that's, I agree with you. It's the same process. It's like, well, it depends if you go to a company who just give you a three, three option on the format and just say, well, you take one of those formats, or are you done? Are we choosing it for you? And that would be it. But you customize to the person, you go and tailor it to each author. It's not yeah. like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to copy and clone that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like those love novels where you change the characters, you change the scenery, but yes. it's the same thing going in and out. And people love it. It's fantastic. It's great. It's a great formula. But when you're talking author, this will be a recipe for disaster because every single author are different. You cannot send your assistant or anybody else sit down no. and be those people. You have to do it yourself. So it's commitment. When you talk and do the work, with a ghostwriter like you, it's committing yourself, even though you're not writing it, you're going to share your right. story for you to yeah. really tell her and really be that person. So, and that's the thing is, I don't insert any emotions that aren't there. I might ask questions about 
how they were feeling at certain times because they're not thinking about the, how they're feeling, but I know their target audience is in pain and I want them to see that the pain can stop. So yeah. that's like, I would never assume anything. I don't insert myself into people's stories. Mm-hmm. I never say, I think this is better than what you did. So let's talk about that. I tell their true story, but I do ask questions to pull out the things I know will hit with their target audience, which is, I mean, it's the perfect marriage, right? Of marketing, which is copywriting, which is what I do. And I have a degree in literature and I know how to do storytelling and I know how to edit for clarity and concision. So I think that's why ghostwriting is such a blast for me because I get to put together this giant puzzle of thought based on my life experience. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I love. And that's what people, I I wanted people to hear today, uh, the podcast about ghostwriting. We're going to do a phase two on ghostwriting. We're just scratching the surface, but time uh, is the essence here. So that's why we're close to to the end of uh, this uh, episodes, but you're coming back next month. It's not like you get a choice. Well, I wouldn't say you know, no to you. You have no choice. I'll be stalking <laughs> you. You do know I'm an, I'm an expert at stalking people so far. I've I... never received a cease or deceased any email, any, <laughs> you know, the shared email stuff back for a restraining order. Thank God. But I do stalk people. I cannot help myself when I know, you know, when I really know that you can give so much insight because I do believe people don't know what a ghostwriter is. You know, they yeah. have no idea. So, you know, there is assumption about what is a ghostwriters and thinking, well, the person is lazy, so they have somebody else writing the book for them. But it takes more than, oh, lazy and write the book for them. It, it takes a, an art. It's an art. And it's beautiful. It's and amazing. It's, it takes so long to master. And honestly, like ghostwriters have different approaches. For me, I'm very formulaic because I've tested things and I know what works. And then I put that into my formula. So it, but it's a super specialization and that's why it's so expensive. People are like, why does it cost so much? Because very few people can do it well. Well, not only this, but if you realize as well, at the end of the day, uh, when the book is selling, you do realize people, they're making millions of dollars. So $50,000 compared to a million dollars or Pulitzer Prize, I'm sorry, (laughs) on a bestseller, New York Times bestseller or wherever. Well, you have to take this into account. It's not like it's going to go and you're going to have a three person buying that uh, book. It goes by the thousand, the millions. It can be transcribed into or translated, should I say translated in different uh, languages, it can go on, like I call it, on fire. It's like sudden selling it and it's huge. So it's not something that um, people realize when we're talking the money. It's the time. Yeah, go ahead. You know, my clients make their money back by getting more clients because they all have high ticket offers. So if they get two clients from me writing their book, they've already paid for my time and they don't even have to bother to try to market and sell the book direct to customer. Exactly. No, but that's awesome to uh, um, uh, to know because I think, you know, when you talk about the price, you know, like it's expensive. No, it's not compared to what the potential of the book is at the end of the day. It's yeah. not. It's an investment, but an investment that's going to be so beneficial because the, at the end of the day, you ask the questions. Do I want a successful book or do I want to flop? 
Right. Well, and when you have something that's an asset like a book, guess what? You can repurpose the content in there like crazy. You've got two years worth of social content. You've got yes. everything you need to make an excellent podcast interview. Like it's not just a book. And that's one of the things that I try to help people understand is you can turn this into all of these different things once the story's there. Oh, there is more. Absolutely. You can have make as a movie, a TV show. You can make it as, you know what I mean? It's like there's yeah. so much potential, but that's an investment. But the investment as well is reflecting their thoughts, reflecting who they are. So like you said, you're the observer in your story and you're the story, quote unquote, teller. You're observing it. You're not interfering with, uh, with the story. You're just uh, recording it. You're a scribe. You could right. be like, you be you could be told as a scribe, actually, like the Egyptian, Egyptian had, you're a scribe, you're telling the story. And that's yeah. beautiful. So except that's I'm point doing point. five different things while I'm while they're saying it and I'm writing and I'm stripping yeah. out of all the things that I should take away. I'm adding all the things yeah. that, that they didn't yeah. have in it by asking questions. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting and exhilarating process for sure. Well, thank you so much because I'm looking at the time and we have a hard uh, stop uh, for you today. I know we had a very weird beginning as well. So, but maybe we'll share another day on this one. Yes, but yeah, no, definitely. Christine is coming back next month because I want to talk more about ghostwriting. It's such a funny, a fascinating world. And I want people to understand a little bit more about it because... It sounds so mystical when you talk about <laughs> ghostwriters. You don't know who's, you never know the face of it. And, you know, as I said, in the old days, 30, 40 years ago, you know, it was like a dark secret. Nobody will say because we <laughs> don't say he has a ghostwriter, you know, because he was taboo. But when you're listening, you know, when you're taking the time to really understand what you do, it's a beautiful art that needs to be more known. Now, again, it's not like a recipe that you go and can master in 15 minutes. You need to have the adaptability and the capability to do that. It's really an art. Like, yeah. am I will not do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate can tell stories, you. I, I do. You but that. <laughs> he's, oh, absolutely. It is. That's why I want to talk more about it for people to know, because it's so fascinating. And I want to make sure that, you know, they know. And if they need a ghostwriter, Christine is here and you can connect with you. Where do they can connect with you? So they can connect with me on my website, literarysymmetry.com, or you can find me. Uh, I'm really a lot. I'm on LinkedIn a lot these days. So Kristen and Spencer on LinkedIn, and you'll see it's me with my bright purple hair and my crazy glasses frame. So you'll know. I I, I love those stand glasses. out definitely. Oh yes, you do. But that's what I love. It's the personalities who you are. And as I said, we talked about it on a previous podcast as well. I mentioned to you that she's going to be writing a series with me. So if you want an example, her name will be on the cover. So <laughs> you will have in the future. You will have in the near future the capability to know and see how she does the work through somebody else's. And I will be maybe the official guinea pig for that. But as I said, she's fantastic. She's coming back next month. I am so blessed and blessed that you're here. It was a blast today. And I know I'm looking at the clock too. It's like, am I TikTok, TikTok? So thank you, Kristen. And we'll talk to you next month. All right. Thank you so much, Emma. I had a blast. <laughs> Bye.
Weavers Podcast.